0: For example, is a smartphone, an essential extension of who we are, almost like a fifth limb. You could think of how you feel when you forgot your phone, Uh, you left the house or you're somewhere and you forgot your phone. It's like, oh man, I cannot operate the way I normally operate because I'm missing this essential extension of myself.
1: We would find a way to adapt. Humans are very adaptable.
2: And if you lost a limb, you'd find a way to adapt. That was Brian's initial thing.
1: Yes.
0: Welcome to episode 56 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint or maybe a fine wine. You can watch us live Tuesdays, 9 p.m. Eastern, at pubtheology.com. And you can tune into the podcast anytime on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher, as well as the New Thought channel on your Roku or other streaming device. Tonight's episode is brought to you by our official sponsors.
1: First up is Casual Priest, the maker of fine clergy wear. They're based in Sweden, and their clergy tops are tailored for a modern and confident, stylish look. Um, Head over to our webpage and see Brian showing his uh, top off. (laughs) (laughs) Showing his top off. Showing his clergy top off. Yes,
0: showing my Casual Priest outfit. There you well, go.
1: That's what it <clears throat> That's That's the appropriate meant. term. That's <laughs> what I said. You can join our conversation anytime. Leave a message on our Casual Priest hotline. That's 980-PT-Live0 or 980-785-4830 if you don't have letters on your phone. and um, Every message you leave, you'll be entered to win free apparel from Casual Priest or you can join us on the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Please use the hashtag PTlive so that we can find you.
2: And our wine sponsor is Wink Wine Club, spelled W I N C. Wink features superbly crafted wines delivered right to your door. Get started at trywink.com/ptlive for $20 off your first order and other awesome savings. Back to you, Brian.
0: <laughs> well, thank you, Zena. Well, I will be uh, recording an episode of our show at the Wild Goose Festival, July 13 to 16, coming up in Hot Springs, North Carolina. Wild Goose is an art, music, justice, and spirituality festival. Uh, it's just kind of a cool spot. You take your tent out there, or your pop up camper, um, or your fifth wheel, you know, as it may be, or you rent a cabin. And it's a place to learn, uh, grow together create art, music story, meet new people, hang out at the beer tent. Uh, you'll probably find me there. Or Saturday night, you'll find me at the Goose Cast, the podcast tent recording on Saturday night. So come look me up and come listen to the live recording. Love to um, see you there.
1: Uh, what What is a fifth wheel? You mentioned pop-up tent, campers, your fifth wheel. What is a fifth wheel? Is that a thing? or, or... Yeah,
0: a fifth wheel is one of those big, um, big fancy camping outfits that you pull with a truck so it's not a motor home because it doesn't have its own engine but it's one of those huge things that people hook up to their you know ford uh, f-150 or whatever
1: huh. and it's called a fifth wheel learn something and new every call, day
0: they call those fifth wheels all right then. i'm in the midwest where we know these things <laughs>
2: you know all the important <laughs> things
1: huh. Oh, I man. think you're in the midwest where they have trouble appropriately naming things. That's, that's
0: mm, Could be. Could be. How many wheels does that thing have? Uh, it
1: feels like a fifth wheel. No offense to the midwesters, it used to be one of them. But, but it doesn't have one wheel, it's got two wheels, right? At least too often it's got four wheels also or more. See, that name doesn't even make sense man.
2: Yeah, it does. It's metaphorical for you put the person that you don't really want on the trip in the trailer. <laughs> They're the fifth ah. wheel.
0: <laughs>
1: I see. <laughs> there it is. Thanks for yeah, that. Out. I feel like the fifth wheel here, guys. The <laughs> fifth wheel is hijacking the show. It's what it's doing.
0: We've got you guys and your beverages and I'm just the fifth wheel.
1: No, my friend, you're the engine that makes this thing run.
0: There we go. There we go. Appreciate that, my friend. And my awesome. name is uh, Reverend, By- Brian, <laughs> Reverend Brian Brian. Reverend Brian Burkoff.
1: Spoke too soon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. I tried to throw the reverend in there like Ogan does, and it just made me forget what my name was. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> so I am in Holland, Michigan, pastor of Holland UCC out here, also author of the book, Pub Theology, Beer, Conversation of God, and tonight I am drinking a Lost Dune Golden Ale with blueberries and coriander,
2: actually- brewed by...
0: Yeah, brewed by New Holland Brewing right here in Holland, Michigan. So the Tulip Town can even produce a good beer. And with us
1: tonight as usual,
0: as you've already heard, Ogan Holder and Tina Simmons.
1: I am Reverend Ogan Holder of Unity on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts. And if you're a regular viewer of the YouTubes, Version of this show, you will realize that I'm not coming to you from my usual spot. I'm in an undisclosed location in Boston. Um, I'm 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 in I'm in Wayne Manor actually, um, in this <laughs> yes. like, creepy huge old house. But it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm drinking. And you can see that label kind of washed up here from the light, but it is uh, from Klein Family Cellars. They're in um where are they sonoma where are they they're in california somewhere so uh contra costa county i can read and this is an ancient vines zinfandel and it is it is a delicious bottle if i hold it back here there you go you can see now i see it the glare yes fantastic it's a tasty tasty number cool sweet
2: and I'm Tina Simmons, author of Zandrail, Being Human is Overrated. And if that's confusing, um, if you look up Zandrail, it's because I wrote under a pen name, T. Griffin. And tonight, I am drinking Tamarack Cellars. It's a local wine. It's a Firehouse Red. It's a Columbia Valley, um, Washington wine. So it's my first time having it. It's not that bad.
0: All right. Nice. Nice. And you know, that reminds me, we should have T. Griffin on the show sometime.
2: Hey, should. <laughs> that's a totally different personality.
0: <laughs> uh, I know We could have Frank and T on for the same episode.
1: Oh, I want to, I want to alter ego. I want an alter ego.
2: <laughs> oh, I have the perfect one for you. Let's talk after the show. Um, oh, and I thought of something when we were talking. Oh, um, a, a promotional thing um, for us to do. Like, I think after the show, let's talk about it. But I was just thinking about that list that you sent us today, Brian. We can we can challenge people to get to the top of that list and get a present or a prize for Donut.
0: Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, uh, we were looking at the uh, top 10 places people listened to our podcast from in the last week. And if I can cue that up. The first one was in Australia, if I remember right.
1: Yeah. Trip. Australia.
0: Woo-hoo. Wiley Park. So all of you listening from Wiley Park down under, Welcome. Okay, I'll don't. stop there. And I, I hope we didn't just offend stop. you yeah, by Brian's terrible accent. <laughs> we just, our podcast just went dark on the Australian continent. <laughs> Number two, we had New Orleans. Number three, Portland. Number four, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. So, some interesting spots, you know. Uh, and we had Ohio, Georgia, Tennessee, Michigan, Indiana, and Texas also in the top smaller towns in the top 10. Uh, so, appreciate all our listeners wherever you are tuning in from.
1: They're not tuning in from the state where I do ministry, so that's not troubling at all. <laughs> 13, <laughs> I was gonna, I didn't
2: notice that. <laughs> I wasn't gonna bring that up.
1: Sorry. <laughs> right. right. Sorry. I will I will I will point out my own discrepancies any every time. But Portland,
2: mm. my people, number three. Awesome yeah, way to go. Uh,
1: that was
0: good. That's proud. That was good. All right. So um what one item would you struggle to live without? What would be the hardest? My car. Okay, say more. Got the motorcycle. I,
1: I, I, well, maybe maybe I should say personal transportation, car slash motorcycle. Although in winter I'm not riding that motorcycle. <laughs> um, but y- y- you know I don't I don't live in a place that has um easy accessible public transportation, so to get anywhere I'm driving, um. So, I mean, to get to work, I got to drive. I yeah. live, I mean, I'm in a small town and the small downtown area I can get to on foot. But anything past that, um, yeah, that would that would kind of, I don't know how I would get around that. Yeah.
2: Because you don't have any friends that drive. <laughs> Why well, you got to
1: be, listen, we oh, just started, oh, we're 10 I- minutes in come on can someone was, give Ogan a ride again yeah the eye roll but that would get old fast I'm yeah sure it would. would it would it
0: yeah, would, would. So yeah, I would hear you one. right is it transportation big deal absolutely I get
2: it it's a, it's a form of freedom um my my thing is my Mac um because yeah. I graphic design I write on it you know I I do a lot of stuff on my Mac so that would be my thing how about you Brian
0: yeah, my kids wrote on my Mac once, and that was the last time I let them use it. Ah. Oh, you Oh, sorry. I was thinking like crayons. Never mind. That only. Yep, uh, that's a
2: bad dad joke. <laughs> that
0: was a bad dad joke. That's exactly what that was. So uh, I was going to be somewhere in the middle of you two, uh, though the car thing is, I've got it's got me thinking because that's how I get the kids to school and. We get food. We kind of live rural here out in the country. No public transport out here. Kind of too far to bike. I mean, you could bike, but I wouldn't. So car would be key, but I was going to say my cell phone because that's how I get internet and connects me into work, connects me into this show. Um, You know, I can do email. I could work on it, you know, provisionally for a while at least, you know, I've got a email apps and internet and, you know, go- the Googles and Facebooks and all that stuff, uh, Instagrams. So probably my cell phone, but car and computer are right behind.
2: So if we break that down, Ogan values freedom, you value connectivity and I value access to my inner world. <laughs>
1: hmm. Well you see if my car works, if I don't have a computer, I can drive to the library. So I mean I'll still oh, look like, at this guy like my connection and stuff. So
0: just yeah. saying. No, it's true. It's true. And also with my phone I can take pictures of my kids, record video, read on my Kindle app. So it can do a lot. Just saying. I see your point. All good things. And we're going to talk about our dependence on things like this tonight. So that's kind of a a warm-up, a teaser for what we'll get to in just a moment. But first, we've got a little hypothetical situation. We've got two people. We've got Bob and we've got John. Bob is nearsighted and he wears glasses to see properly. And wearing those glasses, he wins a regional mathematics contest. Meanwhile, John of average or maybe even, let's say, below average strength and stamina uses steroids to sort of level the playing field uh, against stronger competitors, and he wins a bicycling race. Discuss the moral differences in these two human enhancements in these two situations.
1: Well, I, I, I don't think there's a moral issue with the first one because in the second one, He's using um, an enhancement to give him an advantage in the category in which he's competing. So he's competing in, you said, stronger competitors. So I'm assuming he's using steroids uh, to, yes, increase his strength because it's a strength competition. So I'm not okay with that. I don't think the nearsightedness needing glasses because math is like, you know that's like your brain operation i don't care how well you see if you don't do math good you don't do math good
0: yeah but couldn't you just say look dude it's your disadvantage you can't read without glasses you're gonna have to get over that
2: now i'm gonna take ogan's side on this one because i think there's a difference between leveling the playing well not not even leveling the playing field but a basic human right to be able to see you know or or a something that just comes basic to human beings as opposed to something where you're like trying to, you know, enhance yourself to beat out somebody else. Um, I mean, if it's not like the guy was taking, you know, pills or something to make him smarter, to be able to beat the people. So I I agree with Ogan on this one.
1: Yeah. If Bob were, if Bob were popping some like, you know, Adderall to make him stay up later and longer so that he could study more, for his math yeah
0: compare that let's say let's say that's the issue let's say he's he's drinking coffee which helps him wake up or he's taking ritalin to help him stay concentrated
1: then yes um i don't think coffee's an issue but but something (laughs) well it's (laughs) a stimulant it is it is a stimulant but i would argue it's a natural occurrence stimulant i think i think sometimes it's it's where we draw draw the line so so um, you know ritalin is a, is a, is a prescribed drug to um, address adhd issues so as opposed to like coffee which is you know just a beverage <laughs> um so, so, but in the case of if he was using Ritalin and other uh, drugs to enhance his ability to to stay longer, to stay up longer, study more, um, do more, yes, I, I think I might take issue with that. But well, it, I don't think the glasses is a thing.
2: On no. it, But on, on that note, Brian, because you were comparing caffeine and Adderall, um, I also have, and I know this is, we're, we're. We get into a lot of discussion about this, but I also have a problem with, with when you're doing something to enhance one feature, one aspect, whatever that's hurting you in other ways Uh and, and you're just kind of, you know, you're, you're kind of narrow minded to that's all you want. So, you know, you're, you're totally disrespecting your body in other ways to beat out somebody for, for this, whatever. And I had mentioned on Facebook that I, you know, (laughs) I I may get a little judgy on this question because (laughs) in my mind, um, I also think enhancing yourself to beat somebody in a sport, I I mean, come on, Um, enhancing something to that might possibly lead to our next stage of evolution, I'm down for it, you know, like if it might make the world a better place might make humanity a better place for you to be able to enhance your brain to come up with you know better options for us or whatever i think that's a huge difference between enhancing yourself to to win a million dollar or to earn a million dollars more a year to play a sport doesn't
1: it doesn't it but it depends on a type of enhancement because isn't that what all training is all training is an effort to enhance that's right that's right and for you to 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 hone your skills so it's not hurting you well not not well it 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 can if you practice too much or play too much if you don't listen to your body that says it's time to rest so i think i think where we where we start to draw the line is when those enhancements start to become artificial
0: um as in the users there and you know some some people travel to other countries and train under you know gurus with secret training techniques and We don't maybe know what those are, and they don't share those. Like, is that fair to someone who doesn't have access to to do that, but they're entering the same competition? Um, So it might not be against the rules, whereas a a steroid is specifically banned or against the rules. Uh, But there are other ways people seek to gain advantage or to enhance their natural strength and stamina through training, etc.
1: So are you saying that... Mr. Miyagi teaching Karate Kid by painting the fence and waxing the cars might have been a dubious training method that might not have should have been allowed.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> seriously. And rocky who knows front what of kind
2: the of stairs of the art museum? Sorry, Brian, go ahead.
0: <laughs> Well, who knows what kind of uh, you know Eastern magic he did when he claps his hands together and rubs them, and suddenly he can get back out there to fight.
1: Uh, you know the
0: other competitors if they had a broken leg, they probably would have been out of the contest. So, cheating or Miyagi?
2: Well, okay, but let's let's think about that. Um, y- there's different advantages for everybody and, you know, like training's one of them. Like everybody has a different skill set and Will just messaged me and said, um, there's no difference in, in the two scenarios that you were talking about, the glasses or the steroids because steroids just enhance the body. It still takes that person's skill to to be able to do you know what i mean like they they still have to just like the
0: the guy doing perform. the
2: math has to yeah the guy doing the math still has to be intelligent enough to win the competition the the athlete still has to have the skill like he can't just get on a bike and think he's going to win a marathon because he took steroids he's got to have the skill and the training to actually do it
1: so we should not so we should have uh, uh let Arm, Lance Armstrong keep his uh keep his victories his wins
2: Well, no, in cases like that, I think it's one of those things where it's either everybody across the board is allowed to do it or nobody does it. When it's hidden like that, then it's an advantage.
0: It depends on what are the rules of the contest or the competition we're engaging in. And if they allow a math contest, people who wear glasses who need them for seeing, then, you know, sure, it gives him the advantage that now he can see better, but it's within the rules of the competition and no one's, you know... Uh, worried about that. Whereas, if if the competition of cycling or your sport of baseball outlaws or bans steroids, then you just because they decided that we're going to ban this because that's an unfair or, as Ogan said, an artificial way to enhance humanity that we feel is a broach or a breach of um, fair play. Then we're going to, you know, then you've crossed that line. But both, right, as we've talked about, are ways to enhance ourselves and there are other ways we enhance ourselves um you know through surgery or medicine we take or uh drugs uh that are prescribed or a prosthetic limb um so
1: so here's 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 where i think i realize i have the issue or with this premise is that what does the word enhance mean for me enhance means we're starting at like you know uh, like all being equal, and then we surpass that. A guy. So I'm. I'm very nearsighted. I don't have 20/20 vision. Ideally, I should have 20/20 vision. My glasses just get me to 20/20 vision. They don't give me any supervision. You, you get what I'm saying? The, the enhancement of my glasses, like just just bring me up to to like the starting point where somebody who has you know, good vision doesn't need glasses. Now, if my glasses gave me some kind of like super X-ray vision or bionic vision, you know, then then I would consider that an enhancement. You know, I don't think something that brings me up to just like
0: the up average, to a baseline of to
1: a baseline where average human yeah. being is. You talk about prosthetics. We 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 you know we were created with two legs. If I lose one and I get a prosthetic, <laughs> like that's that's bringing me up to. You know, the base level now, if, if you know, but we, to enhancements now, we saw this with, you know, uh, what's this called? Blade Runner, Oscar, Oscar Pistorius, you know, the guy who was, who had, he was a double amputee and he's running on these blades that, right. you know, could be arguably better than, than, than human legs. I don't know. So Sure. Uh, I, again, it's what's what's bringing me up to the basic level. So enhancements. I don't know a guy who's who's got vision problems wearing glasses. I don't know that I would consider that an enhancement, as it is just like getting to the point where you can see like everybody else.
0: Sure, but it's it's it is an improvement on your natural human condition. Just in this case, you happen to not have the same clarity of sight that someone else may have naturally, but you are enhancing your own natural well, listen, human, if my natural human condition
1: is, is defective like
0: yeah well right so it's a positive it? right or so in that it? setting it's it's a real positive that we can do that yeah it's a great and thing
2: i think we all like enhance in different ways i mean there's not a single person on this earth that can't say they don't enhance something you know it's i mean you could even just call it um, just helping out your natural abilities, you know, like when you were talking about the prosthetic, I'm sitting here thinking about, I don't know if remember if you guys ever saw, but the, um, there was a high school wrestler who had one leg, excuse me. And he was just doing phenomenal. And people on the YouTube comments are sitting there saying that he has an unfair advantage.
0: (laughs) There's less of him (laughs) to pin down.
2: Well, because he could move differently. And it's like, that's his natural state and he's using it to his advantage that's not like i don't know i mean we could just get into a whole big discussion about we're not robots we're all different we all have different advantages and you know
1: well speaking of robots that's coming soon i mean that's the next that's the next stage of evolution and we're already seeing that with you know with 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 prosthetics that are connected to our or our brain fingers are moving lifelike like that's that's not just you know luke Skywalker and star wars anymore that's that's a present day reality and um chip yeah. plants and all, all kind of stuff so i wouldn't call yeah. that the
2: next stage of our evolution though
1: no, I, I i think it is it
0: is it may be and and here's where it it segues nicely into our next question which says are our Are machines a part of us in ways we cannot imagine doing without? For example, is a smartphone an essential extension of who we are? Almost like a fifth limb. You know, you could think of how you feel when you forgot your phone, right? Uh, You left the house or you're somewhere and you forgot your phone. It's like, oh man, I cannot operate the way I normally operate because I'm missing this essential extension of myself. Uh, So are certain machines becoming, in a way, an essential part of how we operate as humans, or do we still see these things as simply tools that we can decide to use or not?
1: I think, I think they're tools because sure, we may feel a sense of deprivation when we forget the phone, but we get through the day, you know, we, we, we survive for me. Essential is if, if I don't, (laughs) if I don't, if I don't have this with me, like, in some way, I'm really impaired. I may be in danger. My survival might be in question. That's that's how I think of essential.
0: Yeah, but that, that could happen, right? Let's say <laughs> you have
1: a... If I need my cell phone at home. What's this yeah, thing? but okay. let's say
0: you have a child you're going to pick up, and they're depending on a call, and that call doesn't happen, and so they wander off, and you know something happens to them that would not have happened if you both had the technological devices Dude, you were what? counting on.
1: <laughs> What Stephen King novels are you reading? Why are you in such a doomsday scenario? That's... Oh,
2: okay. Well, let's back up then, Ogan. Let's not talk about cell phones because he said machines. Uh-huh. Let's talk about the fact. The first question when Brian asked you what you couldn't live without, you said a car. That is a machine.
1: It is, and the truth of the matter is, is, if my car stopped working, I figure out a way. You know, I would, I would, I would structure my life maybe around the horrible public transportation system where I live. I'd ride the motorcycle on colder days. I'd get a bicycle. Like, I, my, my life wouldn't stop. Would it be inconvenience? Yes. Would I find a way to manage and get around it? Absolutely. But essential By is, getting
0: another car is how you'd get around it. Or that's essential. You,
1: but you're
2: the one who called it essential. I mean, you could have said clothing. You could have said food. You could have said anything. And you chose a car.
1: I Okay, yes. But the question wasn't essential. The question... Is what item would I struggle to live? Would it be a struggle? Absolutely, but not essential like my life depends on it. Not oh. the same thing. So, boom. I don't. Check I don't and know. mate, yeah, don't
0: there are, know. right there are ways yeah. to there are ways to mitigate right. But yeah, but you find that it, these things, many of these things, play a near essential role in our lives. Like Tina said, without her Mac. She can't do the graphic design that she depends on for her livelihood or the writing that she enjoys and that other people enjoy reading, or she can't communicate in the same way with the world. I mean, it becomes an essential part of how you live your life.
1: We've given these things, yes, um, an amazing amount of importance, and a lot of that is convenience. People were writing books before computers came along. She didn't have a computer. She'd use pen and paper. People were making labels on wine bottles before Max came along. So we've, we have, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying I don't need these things. We wouldn't be doing this show without these computers right now. So these things are important to us, and we have placed a lot of dependency On machines and robots and computers in our life a lot of it is for convenience and increased productivity but you know we we survived without them before for some reason they all stopped working we'd survive again but i'd be the first person to say please don't ever stop working yeah yeah. okay
2: because i'm going to take you back to a conversation we had on rants to revelations because i was i was so I was so baffled by this.
1: What, what is the statute of limitations on that? Yeah, show? this is a
0: show callback big time.
2: So, so we were we were talking about children, and if there was one essential thing we wanted our teenagers to know to be able to survive in this world, uh-huh. and you said you would want your daughter to learn coding. Yes. And I was like, seriously, Ogan? And I'm like, what if all the computers disappeared? And you started laughing, and you're like, that is never going to happen
1: well it's not don't
2: tell me you're not dependent on them like you can't even envision envision a world where they don't exist
1: you're missing my point yes i what you're you're reinforcing my point we have made ourselves dependent on them and my daughter does not know coding she's gonna she's a dancer she's doing just fine so i am the first one to agree with you yes we have gotten ourselves to this place of dependency on them where if all of a sudden tomorrow some massive bug took out all the computers and then the function, many of us wouldn't know what to do. Um, I'm not, you know, but I'm saying, and if that happened, we would find a way to adapt. Humans are very adaptable.
2: And if you lost a limb, you'd find a way to adapt. That was Brian's initial thing.
1: Yes, yes.
0: But you still would call your right arm essential to you.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Yeah. And so is a, a smartphone. Like I couldn't do the things I do for living my life without this particular phone, which also provides me with Internet access, which connects me to the world, allows me to do my work. Yes. Um, and so it, 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 You you're right. We opt into systems in which these things become essential. That's all and I'm if saying. I, if I didn't have it. I I yeah. adapt, yes, but I have opted into where this thing now it right. plays an essential role in my life.
1: So and maybe maybe the point I'm making is the difference between something that's inherently essential and something that we've we have chosen and made artificially essential.
2: Which is what Brian said. We had adapted this world where it's essential.
1: Maybe I'm not listening to Brian. I don't know.
2: I don't think you are. I think exactly. you just want to you just want to say you're right at the end of this conversation, I, I, Ogan. I,
1: no i'm not
0: <laughs> i just want to say that for our listeners in australia this show is essential
1: just... there you go
0: <laughs> <Can't>,
2: <laughs> and we can can't, bring it to you just say the word
0: <laughs> oh yeah we will do a live episode in in sydney in queensland you know uh you name it we will perth we will be there Tasmania, australia
1: 2018 uh,
0: pt down under but i was gonna say
1: I was yeah. trying for that episode. You wouldn't go yeah. there. Up the algae down under.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. So I was going to say so, where does it cross the line? Let's say these devices or this technology is an essential part of my experience of life and my human experience. When does that make me almost like a human machine? cyborg where i'm dependent on this even though it's not physically attached to me versus let's say next year samsung comes out with a thing like this that becomes a patch on my shoulder but it does everything this does that would be does so it make cool. a difference is it different if i hold it in my hand versus if it's sort of permanently sewed into my right shoulder
1: yes it is because because if it's in my hand i can put it down at some point like i can take a break from it um, and the, the scenario interestingly enough the scenario you raised earlier about you know have a child and trying to contact them and the phones are down and all that kind of stuff you know the, the this whole idea of now we have to create a plan with our kids for if the phones don't work here's what you do you know to kind of to kind of mitigate that so we've all so now we've got we've we, we're learning how to plan around what would happen if we didn't have these devices and if they, didn't work. Yeah.
0: So we
2: just we don't, tell them we, we have had to do as kids. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, we don't have any backup plans with
1: our kids, so. There you go. You better get one of them, like solar power chargers, just, just <laughs> make sure they always got juice.
0: <laughs> I just made all that up because my kids don't even have a
1: smartphone, so it oh, was a
0: hypothetical scenario. My phones, are, my kids don't even know how to make a phone call on a phone.
1: That's that probably bad? a good thing. That's probably a good thing. Is it good? They're developing other like street smarts. I think. Am I making an assumption?
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're they're exactly they they're learning some how to.
1: But I think I think the point though is that this is this is who we are as humans. We we evolve in many ways. Technology is one of them. And for every technological advancement, we become more and more dependent on it. You know, when we move from from horses to trains to cars to airplanes, to, you know, whatever the next advancement of transportation is going to be. Yeah. I, I, you know.
2: And it, yeah. takes us, it, it takes us further and further away from our attachment to the natural world.
1: Um, and Which can be very dangerous. It can be very dangerous, except for the flip side now, like riding on a train and riding horses is like a now a quaint recreational thing. You know, so 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 those things that we abandon are now becoming novelty items um in in a sense, they're still not anywhere near the, the major form of transportation. So you know, and interestingly enough, it's it's the same thing with you know, we talk about phones, like you know, having a having a rotary phone now is a cool retro thing. Is yeah. It?
2: Yeah. No, I hear <laughs> your point, but but like my you know, Brian, you're so cool. <laughs> Brian didn't even know he was cool because he had one. <laughs> um, no, it, like my point is, though, if we did have some huge disaster where all the technology was gone, like how many people would die because they don't even know how to grow their own food? You know? I mean, I've met kids that didn't even know tomatoes were, I mean, ketchup was made from tomatoes. I mean.
1: Well, I think one. I think, think we'd be art without ketchup. That's just saying. Um, I I think Speak we I think I think we'd be okay. I think we'd survive.
2: I think people would human humanity would survive, but I think a lot of people would die.
1: Well, I think a lot of people would be would yes struggle and be really inconvenienced for a long time. But I don't think i I think I think death is I think large scale death is kind of like a a bit of a exaggeration. I don't think I that's missed that.
0: Happen. Did you say a lot of people would die without ketchup or without tomatoes?
2: If, if all of our technology suddenly shut down and people had to grow their own food,
0: oh, I you don't
2: think you. we would have starvation across this country or across this world?
1: Yeah, French been, fries would be trouble. really hard to handle.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Let's move on. My goodness. All right. So I read about this story about this app, uh, Called Replica. It's an AI that is artificial intelligence powered chatbot marketed as a best friend that learns to talk like a user, mimic personality, and preserve memories. And the story portrayed a woman named Katrina who used the app to text with a version of herself. And she said, It helps me by having something to talk to. And the more it learns from me, the more natural it is. And it is almost like having a friend. To talk to, so the question is: Would you ever use such a technology? Is that weird? Is that interesting? Dangerous?
1: Well, while while I believe I am the best conversationalist in my own life, no, I would not use that. That is that's that's weird. I can I just said that for Tina's eye roll.
0: Yeah, there was an invisible eye roll that just occurred for those of you <laughs> not watching.
1: Not invisible. <laughs> worth watching the YouTube for that oh. eye roll. Like the whole head went back. <laughs> that was like a, yeah. almost a head roll there. Um, wow. I, I, you know, it's it's so weird the, the 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 paradox of you know technology supposedly being used to to connect us even more, you know, social media and everything to 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 get us more connected and at the same time it is isolating us so much and when you start using an app to have a conversation with yourself as it will i mean i talk to myself in my head all the time i don't need yeah. an app
0: you don't need to but, type it out
1: <laughs> exactly you know but but to create this like alternative version of yourself to talk to uh, like that's you're isolating yourself even more you're, you're missing out on real human connections and um Yeah, that's, 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 that's taking us down a dark turn, I think. I Mm. mean, we
2: have human interaction with, with other people who are different than we are, because it teaches us more about ourselves. If all all we have to talk to, yes, it's more comfortable to talk to a replica of ourselves, because they always agree with us. That's not a real relationship. That doesn't really teach you anything about yourself. And it's, I can't see that being beneficial
1: for somebody. I'm I'm Gemini. I don't know that. I'd always agree with myself.
0: Oh, so I just went to Replica on the app on the app store.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> you bought one, didn't you?
0: <laughs> it's rated tw- It's rated for twelve and up for infrequent but mild and realistic violence, uh, infrequent but mild medical treatment information, fantasy violence, crude humor. Mature suggestive themes.
2: It's I mean, for this, dirty it, fantasies. It
0: just goes on. I won't even keep reading the list because our, well, our listeners would blush. But
1: well, you know, when you're having a conversation with yourself, it could get off the. It could go all <laughs> kinds go, of places. It go off the rails, <laughs> like we do. <laughs> wow,
0: I, there's know, no price on this. I'm trying to get a price on what do people pay app. for?
1: Maybe
0: what do people free. pay to talk to themselves? That's but a so interestingly in this interview this woman said that she also hoped that her family could use it to feel still connect to feel still connected to her if she needs to leave for an extended amount of time
2: dude they're probably like thank god she's gone (laughs) right (laughs) give your family some space
0: what if they start to prefer the app to her exactly (laughs) they'll be like (laughs) remember remember you said (laughs) it should be like no oh yeah that was
1: that was the app version of myself. That was the app. There's oh, a certain man. element of narcissism involved here. This coming from me, probably the most narcissistic member of this panel right now. But there's <laughs> Thank
0: a, you for admitting <laughs> that.
1: There's a, like a disturbing sense of like narcissism here. Like my family can't get along without me, so I've got to create something for them to say. Now, now I did, <laughs> I did do some, I did do a little research on how this app came about, and it was someone who. I think the same katrina person she actually lost a friend and um as she was going through the um like you know like and conversations that they had and kind of like reliving her experience with that person she yeah, came... so this
0: person died to be clear
1: right yeah, yeah. When, she said, when i say she lost a friend so it was this idea of creating starting to create some like artificial version of that person that she lost through this um, so I mean, in a sense, is a and, and we do this in other non-technological ways to preserve the memories of loved ones we've lost. You know, pictures, memorials, rewatching videos. You know, and, and nowadays, yes, even pulling up past text conversations and voicemails that we've saved from people who've, who've died in our lives. So I I can, I maybe can get behind what the original intention was of this, but again, I think that anything that's being used to isolate yourself even further from connecting with real people as a lot of technology is steering us towards is it's a dangerous slippery slope and um we we gotta stay aware that we don't lose ourselves in it I i
2: can't get behind this um i think there's a big difference than remembering somebody and trying to recreate them um, I, I think it goes a long way, and I wrote a blog about this before, to how in our society we have a really hard time letting go. And there is a beauty in letting go that we are not embracing and we are not allowing ourselves to to experience
1: um, right. because we cling to things like we do. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And even to that point you made about her saying uh, family can use it to feel connected if she's gone for an amount of time, you know, uh, there's a reason they say absence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> but, like, and,
0: yeah, we'll let him fu- go. For- Seriously, but the funny thing was they interviewed her husband on this. Uh, this is on Wired magazine, wired.com. They interviewed her husband. And he's like, yeah, I chat with her app version of herself sometimes, of my wife. And it's like, what if he starts having like.
1: He only said that when the tape was running. You you Mm -hmm. know when they turn that record off, he's like, no, I really don't. (laughs) Uh,
0: Or what if he does? (laughs) And he starts to like the app version
1: himself. You know, I mean, it's just weird. I like the version of her that does not nag me. I like the version of her that does not ask me to take the trash out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you could you could use you could almost use the app as a triangulation because you know your wife is also chatting with the app. So you could tell the app, by the way, tell Katrina the real Katrina, not the app Katrina. You know, t- to do a little less of X or a little more of Y. And it could be this like perverted getting around having
1: face-to-face conversations. Why can't you be the phone version of Katrina? Yes.
2: <laughs> or, or like why? Yeah. Or it could be super passive aggressive where he's yelling at the app when he really needs to have a conversation <laughs> with his wife.
1: Yes. Okay. That oh might not
0: gosh. be such a bad thing. Here, kids, <laughs> no, text that's mommy.
2: That's a problem.
1: Kids,
0: say hi to mommy.
1: Well, which mommy is this? It could it can get it can get out of hand. Yeah. So
0: some of our listeners may be familiar with a Black Mirror episode on Netflix that covers this exactly, and it's really well done, but a little weird and a little dark. But just saying, if you want to pursue this line of thinking and see sort of a an entertaining portrayal of this happening in in real life. Check it out, season one or two two on Black Mirror. Can I just
1: say, I can't watch, like, for me to watch Black Mirror, I have to be, A, already in a good mood, and it's got to be daylight out. Because (laughs) that stuff freaks me out.
0: Did you see the episode I'm talking about?
1: (laughs) I did not. I I maybe watched the first half of season one, and then I was like, okay, can't watch this at night. I got to be in a good mood. Because I remember watching a few episodes, like, right before bed and having nightmares and not getting to sleep. Like, that... You know and but but yeah. but the thing i love about it is is that it is a real like uh what's the word i'm looking for um um i'm warning um, exactly of like if we if we really don't pay attention to how you know these technological advancements and now even the rise of artificial intelligence is if we're not careful we can really get sucked down this path where yeah you know, it's, we, we, we lose more and more of our humanity. You know, I say this. And at the same time when the technological singularity happens and we can start really implanting ourselves, I, I'm the first one in the line. Cause I'm just super curious about it. Exactly. I will, I will, I will, I will be there.
0: And I'll download you to my phone. I'll be like first in line. There you go.
2: So you can yell at the fake version of him.
1: <laughs> exactly. Oh, so it's interesting. Dude. So, uh, so, plug plug for my book rants revelations but this was the last chapter i wrote about that actually upset the most people because it was it was uh it was based on a paper i wrote for a symposium that talked about the church of the future and i said you know after this technological singularity if it does occur we can't really predict what's going to happen to humanity in the future because it's just gonna skew off on this tangent but my thing was that if we get to the point where we can truly port ourselves, because our our brains, which is like, you know, uh, our sense of self is is in our brains, and that's nothing but electrical impulses. If we can port that over to a computer and or in a cyborg or something, then in the science we've achieved immortality. And then if we've achieved immortality, then we truly. I believe won't have a need for god because our our for a lot of us how we relate to understand think of god has and ourselves is directly connected to the fact that we know we're going to die someday or mortality right if our mortality was not in the picture what would happen differently so i my my like sci-fi out there premise was that church now will become not a celebration of divinity but a celebration of the humanity that we once were if something like that occurs and that just yeah. flipped that just flipped people out they were like you were, you've lost your mind what are you saying um but but yeah i mean you know from from a from a philo- from philosophy perspective you know was it nietzsche declared god was dead like 100 years ago or however long ago that was sure, sure. you know but i think that when this Technological thing happens, singularity, which you know by all predictions is in the next thirty years. Then, truly, it, it, it. I mean, we we will not we will not think of ourselves anywhere near the same way that we are now. And it's both for me, both scary and both exciting at the same yeah, time.
0: no, I hear you.
1: And I hear you. Yeah.
0: Well, I wonder how our listeners watching this show in a cafe in Second Life or uh, thinking about this conversation, right? <laughs> Where people, people have avatars that they sort of live their lives through in this, you know, uh, computer-generated online environment. And, you know, that that's sort of a different angle on some of the things we've talked about tonight.
2: I read a book about that. It was actually a, a kid's book that was like that. It was the Pendragon series. And um, the world deteriorated around them because they were all in virtual reality and they, they would, didn't want to leave it.
1: But at least in, in, in that and in Second Life, they're they're still connecting with other people. Granted, it may not be the real version of other people, but at least there's still some kind of connection happening. So I'm not entirely, you know, against that premise. But no, again, yeah. when we when we lose sight of the fact that it's not real and we make it real, that's when the trouble happens.
0: No doubt. No doubt so this leads us into our last question which asks did god create us as whole beings with everything we need for life and for true spiritual connection or do you sense that in some ways we're incomplete are there things that we need from the outside to assist or augment us to a fuller human life or to connect with god because if you think about it, if we were created whole, wouldn't the Bible and the Holy Spirit, for example, be superfluous or unnecessary?
1: I think I know Tina's answer already.
0: <laughs> She's about to rip a Bible on the show.
2: Uh, I was just gonna say, we're the one who puts meaning to it. It's uh, I mean, if if we were born into a world that never had a Bible. Would we not be able to exist? I mean, there was a time when written word didn't exist. There was a time the Bible didn't exist, and human beings still did.
1: Well, the Bible didn't exist, but the concepts of God did. I mean, the Bible is just just a written uh, and a, a written account of what was already in existence. So, um, but but to answer as the, far as we know, as far as we know, but to answer the question at hand, I do believe we were created as whole but that wholeness is more in potential and and or and and we are we are on the journey to actualize that potential
0: gotcha so the possibilities are there but we don't necessarily experience the fullness of all we are capable of
1: right and 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 that wholeness for me that wholeness is also more that that wholeness and that potential is is also really more on a spiritual level, and and the 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 whole aim is to tap into that to try and be the highest version of the human that we can be. So okay,
2: let let's play this game. Alex. So what happens? What happens when we actually do that?
1: Then we I'll become... take how we do that for five hundred, Alex. <laughs> Then I think then our lives look like some of the great spiritual avatars that walk this earth, Jesus, Buddha, the Dalai Lama, you know, those okay. are people I think who have, who have, you know, really maximized their spiritual potential and wholeness.
2: Okay. So, so if we are all expressions of God, we're all pieces of God. Mm-hmm. Why did we have to come to this earth to do that?
0: Why? To, oh, who's saying do we do came what? to this earth?
2: Like if we're all in you know, we're expressions of God in the human form, what was the point of making us human? What was wrong with just being part of God?
0: Oh uh, yeah. Energy. So that's a question. I was gonna say, what are you assuming we were before? Do you think we were pre existent souls? Um, so we have an immortality that stretches back before our existence, or are we just a little broken off piece of the larger divine that didn't have any individual identity until it became incarnated in flesh?
1: (laughs) That's a good question. Uh, I don't know if that was a question, but I didn't really follow. Start again? Slow. Yeah, someone's had
0: a full glass of wine and he's like, what
1: words. What?
0: So do you think we exist? So do you think we as individuals existed before we were born?
1: Gotcha. as us? Uh, no, I don't. I don't believe so. I, I no.
0: Was there like a an ogan soul, you know, up in the fifth dimension or heaven or floating around? So ether? I,
1: I so I, for me that that falls in the whole ballpark of like soul agreements and stuff, which I oh. personally don't subscribe to. Are you, you familiar with? You the disagree soul with the soul that? agreements? Yeah, I I do. I don't know what it is. so 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 it's this so it's one idea it's one idea that you know we we were we were pre-existent souls and like one soul say i want to experience forgiveness so another soul says okay i'm going to incarnate on earth with you and show up in your life and give you a reason to experience forgiveness which means i'm going to harm you and you're not going to remember this in our human form (laughs) But no, this was a soul agreement that we made. And the same thing for love. The what? same thing for love. The same thing for, for anything we experience in our lives. So that's that's one running theory you know, behind the soul agreements. I, I believe there is this eternal element of us, but it's not a part of us that um, identifies the way our human self identifies with us. I readily admit that I could be 100% wrong about this. But but yeah, and I hear it, you. to Tina's point, when when people ask me about these things, I say two things. One, believe whatever you want to believe. And two, the important question is how are you living here in this plane? Like, don't worry about before and after. <laughs> I think those things are going to take care of themselves. They have taken care of themselves already. What choices are you making in this human life to be the best version of human you can be to be the best expression of the divine that you can be i think that's the question you need to be asking yourself so
0: yeah and i you know i think the question from a more mainstream um christian perspective would hold that perhaps we were created whole but then of course the fall happened in the garden and then we did become incomplete or Sinful or broken, whatever language you want to use, in which case the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, things like this, outside assistance became necessary. But in our perfect state, we walked with God in the garden in the cool of the day, right? So everything was honky dory, harmony, but then Basically, that got that got corrupted.
1: I don't believe it was a fall. I believe it was an awakening. Well, and course, it was definitely... I mean,
2: that's why I'm so baffled by the Adam and Eve story and why nobody has a problem with it. Because
1: I, I have a problem with it. Yeah. Because
2: problem. they ate from the tree of knowledge. So knowledge ignorance of, hang is on, bliss. Knowledge. We were happy when we were stupid.
1: No, 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 mm-hmm. no. It's not the tree of knowledge. It's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. you has got, got to say the whole thing. It's not about the tree of knowledge. They ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which meant that now they have the – If you follow that metaphor, they gain an awareness of how to judge things and give things meaning.
2: Okay, Okay. so why would God have created a tree like that if he didn't want us to eat off of it?
1: Exactly. That's just
2: temptation right there, which is a good or evil thing. God
1: wanted
0: them to eat it because that's how they awoke.
1: Exactly. Exactly. But he had to
0: use reverse psychology to get him to do it.
1: (laughs) And he had to use a woman to get the man to do it because, you know. We men would have just dumbly followed, okay, don't eat, won't eat. you know. And then
0: God asked, who told you that you were naked? Which leads us into next week's episode.
1: Maybe. <laughs> I'm kidding. Why are you kidding <laughs> about that? What do you oh mean, my maybe? Go- oh, <laughs> oh, my
0: goodness. <laughs> oh! <laughs> 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 I just that about. took you a minute. My goodness.
2: I just thought yeah. you had preset questions for next week. I didn't know about
0: Oh, I know, I'm just...
1: <laughs> well, you put it out there so I guess we're talking about it now. Trying to trying to
0: bring the, the whole sexuality piece in. But I mean, so I like reading it as Ogon does as an awakening, but of course, I think it's a myth- mythological literary story that's not a historical occurrence. Right. No. So, so there's the you know the <laughs> there's no there there. It's just a way to explain human experience because right. I I think God chose to create through evolution and so that we have constantly there was no perfect humanity that god started off with rather we've been evolving or growing as Ogan said to higher states higher experiences of human life
2: and you think that we need things like the bible and jesus to lead us
0: well i think as you said that these things are things we ascribe meaning to and i think think that they can serve as aids but i think they can also serve as obstacles because when we misuse these things or confuse them uh their role as guides for being the object itself or the divine itself then these things become idols really that pervert us from spiritual growth
2: or tools we use to manipulate others well said brian
0: thank you
1: so it's kind of like it's kind of like our smartphones you know
0: yeah we, right. we
1: can we can we can live without them but but they serve an important role in our lives
0: wow yeah. it's like all full circle boom bam it's good. good i keep waiting for a dead person to walk out from behind ogen
2: <laughs> <laughs> or bruce wayne
1: bruce <laughs> wayne seriously this 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 house though they're so listen this house they're like so i found out today like there's so many rooms in this house like people are renting rooms in this house like like the house is a whole other section of the house that you can't get to that a whole bunch of other people in total, there are like 10 people living in this whole house. The house has rooms. It doesn't know it has. I know.
0: Right. If
2: there's a rose in a glass, don't touch it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, um, so there was a new study by Gallup that said the hottest thing at church today is not the worship. It's not the pastor. It's not the smoke and the lights. And it's not the hip youth program. It's not even the organic fair trade coffee. The hottest thing at church today is the preaching and specifically biblical preaching.
1: You know,
2: it's all about how you preach though.
1: It's so, so I, I'll agree with that to a point because so right after, so leading up to Easter, I did this whole series on, like I call it like Jesus greatest hits. So this whole series nice. on the Bible and, and. Yeah. A lot of and there were a lot of people who were like, Oh my god, we love that. You should do Bible more often. We want to (laughs) hear more about the Bible and stuff like that. And these are again, these are people who have struggled with the Bible in their past, who may have come from other traditions, like evangelistic traditions or Catholic or or Catholics who who for to Tina's point earlier, the Bible was used to you know manipulate and shame and beat people over the heads with them. Um, So these are these are folk who are now, um, thanks to unity, rediscovering the Bible, not as some literal edict from God, but just a way, uh, a realization of this is how human beings at the time it was written, understood their relationship with God. And while we've evolved past that, there's still like some inspiration and wisdom there and we can learn from it you know we can learn from the genius of Jesus' jesus's storytelling or at least the people who wrote the stories that they said jesus said um right. and, and and things like that so so yeah very cool so yeah I, I agree with that to a point
2: i think people want a moral code they just want one that actually makes sense and when they can see through when people are using it to manipulate them Yeah. So if they're in a safe space where they can hear about the Bible in a way that's not manipulating, then, you know, they, they want that moral code. They want to understand.
0: Yeah. And I think there's a couple of different ways this plays out. One is in more conservative settings in which people just have a value for, uh, of scripture as being the literal word of God, the literal inerrant word of God. And so that's kind of what they'll focus on. That's a very conservative evangelical Protestant approach But I also think, as Ogan said, people who grew up with some form of church, be it Catholic, Protestant, what have you, this document is such a cultural, it's got a cultural memory and history that's deep within us. And when people can learn new ways to reappropriate it so that it doesn't have to be that same old, you know, literal translation or whatever, people love learning new ways to appropriate these ancient stories. So I think it's cool that you did yeah. that and that you saw people tracking with it. It's very cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I walked that same path. There was a, when, when I, when I left church for a while, I also left the Bible for a while because um, you know, yeah. the, the two went hand in hand and, right. and, and, and thanks to unity's approach. Like I, I am in love with the Bible again. Now I'm not reading it every day or every night, like I do my favorite novels, but you know, I'm no longer afraid of it. I'm no longer, uh, I don't longer hate it. It's, it's, um, I can, I can, I can, I can use it. I can, I can read it. I can be inspired by it. And, and, and now the same stories that I've been hearing since I've been like eight, nine, 10 years old, I can garner new meaning from them and notice things that I hadn't noticed before, which is what basically happens almost every time I teach a Bible class or do a talk on the Bible. Oh, I, I just had this realization of this thing that I had overlooked before. So there are always deeper levels you can go.
0: Always deeper levels. So uh, absolutely right. And uh, yeah, we're at our hour here. Any final, final wisdom uh, other than what's been said?
1: I look forward to that cell phone patch that you talked about earlier, when it's so so sewn into my skin. Is that what you said?
0: Exactly, sewn like into my nic- like
1: a nicotine patch, just to like manage the date. That's day right. to go in. So. That's
0: right.
2: <sighs> I, think I it's look coming. forward to the day Mother Nature gets out the wooden spoon, and we can't depend on stuff like that.
0: <laughs> Whoa! I can't wait to get off this call and go have a chat. <laughs> go have a chat with myself. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm gonna download this app and see how I'm doing.
1: You know what we should do? We should all we should all download the app, work with it for <laughs> a few weeks, and let, let the replica versions of ourselves do a show. Let's do the show. Oh, that would
0: Let's, be funny. We'll do a text-to-voice and it'll just be a whole show of our of exactly.
1: our AI selves. There's a you know, uh last thing, there's a there's a funny video or audio recording of two google home devices talking to each other (laughs) have you seen
0: this i I have a friend who said that happened in his house oh my god it's hilarious his like his alexis from uh, from amazon echo Uh was speaking with like his google tv device or his apple tv device and they were having
1: like it was going having a conversation it is hilarious
0: (laughs) oh man wow good stuff well thank you friends for tuning in and listening to pub theology live we'd love for you to connect and spread the word on social media thanks for always uh typing in thoughts and comments to our questions but also if you listen to an episode that you like share it on facebook tell your friends leave us a review on itunes we would love you to do any of that and you can listen anytime on soundcloud stitcher or itunes and if you want to find a pub theology gathering in your town check out the official directory at pubtheology.com and if there's nothing in your town perhaps you might be the person to start one and you'll find some resources there to help you do that once again thank you to our sponsors wink wine club who you'll find at trywink.com pt live that's wink with a c and casual priest for that great clergy gear stylish confident and casual at casualpriest.com and don't forget to leave us a message at 980-PT-Live 0 or 980-785-4830 to win free gear from casual priest so until next time friends drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing
1: This replica thing for sure, though. I'm <laughs>
2: not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. You are your own best friend.
1: <laughs> Does it come on? A, is there an Android version?
2: Why, Ogan? You look amazing today.
1: <laughs>
0: exactly. You sound no. Very smart see, listen, yeah. listen.
1: If I'm no, honestly, if if but see now, here's the interesting piece. Will the version? Will that version of ourselves be the self-affirming or the self-critical? Because you know we mm-hmm. all got that self-critical voice. Very true.
2: It all depends yeah. on what you feed
1: it, which is which is what's gonna come out. That well, you know, we'll. That's true. I guess I should only say good things to myself and see what happens.
0: Yeah, you gotta keep it positive, man, or you'll turn on yourself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I, like I often do. We don't want that. Uh, we don't. One of the things that people do now to like babysit their kids on the tablets is there are tons of YouTube videos of toys. And when I say YouTube videos of toys, they're literally videos of like people, they've got a background music soundtrack and they've got like like a Thomas the train set up and a person is literally just like moving the train with their hand.
0: And someone's just and the kids are just and, watching. That's yes.
1: ridiculous. I oh kid you not they are mesmerized and and I'm talking like millions of views to, to like advertisers are like paying on these websites i'm going to start
0: making videos of toys right now so those advertisers know who to pay
1: dude you're way behind you're way behind i was floored i am behind by
0: but it's never too late
1: it's never too late you got to come with an expert but i was floored by this and 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 his and his son would like sit there just mesmerize and and i said <laughs> and, and he said to me with the, the good ones the really good ones they managed to like edit out the hand so the toys just move oh my now. word but well, it doesn't matter. Like, you see the hand, and there's, and none of it makes sense. So, like, you'll have all these like, uh, like little Lego figurine toys sitting on, and Marvels hero toys sitting on, the train engine, and 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 like, and the kids are watching this, and I'm just like, are you? Is this a real thing? I thought That's he was it for, pop- but this is this is where this is where we're heading. Where it's it's yes, the technology is raising our kids, and I think I just read a study. That talks about if kids are using um, electronic devices like tablets before a certain age, it stunts their ability to start speaking or they start speaking a lot later. If so, they are using tablets early. It probably yes,
2: like, like, it screws like, up their creativity like, like, too, I'm sure.
1: Like, yeah. From like, you know, from an in, even an infantile age. So I think we're now beginning to see like some of the first results of what happens when we start to raise our babies on electronics yeah. um,
2: well i think i think for as many people as there are raising their babies on electronics like that there's just as many people going the opposite way and saying i i see a problem with this and raising their kids very outdoorsy and yes. you know like brian who doesn't let his kids have phones
0: <laughs> exactly uh you know and what about the parents who raise their kids by pulling up youtube versions of our show and just say don't grab like this <laughs> kids, kids don't grow up like that I love it here's what not to do child there's ideal parenting and then there's parenting in the real world
1: exactly so i don't i, I withhold judgment but but i think it's got to be balanced i mean you know i i i stuck my kid in front of the dragon tails and and watching kids movies when that needed to happen so mm-hmm. i ain't judging but it's all about understood.
0: balance understood yeah.